right, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Episode 108, and it is the quarterfinals. And I'm I'm pretty stoked. This is obviously why we play fantasy football. Um, not just to make you know the NFL more exciting, not just to give us something to talk about to Monday at work. We we play to win some money, we play to make playoffs, and we're finally here. It's the quarterfinal time. Uh, so this is an exciting episode for us as we're trying to prime on not only ourselves here for a big playoff run, but obviously you at home listening too. So uh, we're recording for our, like I said, episode 108, week 15 prep. Uh, we got a little bit of uh, a quick question for you guys. We'll talk a little bit of injury news, and then we'll dive right into the nitty gritty and a little bit of discussions about the upcoming week here. So uh, before we get started here, uh, starting, it's just Zach and I, Armin is going to be jumping on here in a little bit, but uh, Zach, it's been keeping you busy here. We're slowly grinding towards the Christmas break. Uh, I was looking at the schedule and I realized that fantasy championship is in the middle of Christmas break semifinals in the middle of Christmas break slash like literally Christmas day. So pretty excited about that schedule timeline coming up here, but uh, what's been going on the last little bit. Uh, nothing too spectacular. Uh, just getting ready for the holidays, uh, both at home and at school. So, uh, just uh waiting for waiting for uh the holidays to begin i guess yeah the count the countdown is most definitely on that's uh that is for sure um we'll get things going here but uh, before we start this isn't actually a quick question but i know we talked about this a little bit last episode zach uh playoff picture um for most part i think our situations were pretty much settled uh before going to this weekend here but uh which uh where's your situation at here for uh for a playoff push if you had to pick one league what's your uh your number one like kind of all in hope you get there or or i guess best chances well that's a good question uh it'll be interesting in how i do in the uh the 306 charity one uh that one i think i have a decent shot just with uh cmc uh hopefully tua can keep things going like they were and uh, that mis- Misfits one that you and I are in together, I think I might stand a shot. But without Herbert, uh, not too sure uh, what that looks like now. I was curious in that Misfits one because I was like, oh, you know what? If I win, I think I might have a better matchup depending on kind of where we're at. But then you're the team behind me. So I was like, hey, well, maybe actually I want to be where Zach is. Because like, <laughs> I was looking at the, the matchups for that quarterfinal, quarterfinal situation there. But um I'm ride, riding all in. Like, what I mean all in, like I am all in on that Dynasty League. 12-1 and one on the season. I'm going to toot my own horn. You're not that like, I'm not playing the games here. I'm just managing a pretend football team. But it was an unbelievable season this year for, for that team. Um, this is my, so for those of you that maybe I, I haven't been along for the ride for this team or not, I guess, or or don't know. This was like a full rebuild team. I started a handful of years ago, had a little bit of success and stripped down again, full rebuild. And then one back-to-back years and going for a, I guess would be a three-peat and then would hit the full reset, get the, the big massive pots of, of money. It'd be a, it'd be a big win. Um, Not only for like me going three in a row, but also because it'd be a, you know, like uh, I guess, <laughs> a nice a nice big money win too but uh i'm pulling this up here uh this is a fun stat zach i gotta share with you just just like i said toot my own horn a little bit here with the fun season in in our league uh not that it like counts towards anything but there's like a, a way it keeps stats of like your actual record and then if you would have played everybody all week so like if you played every single team what would your overall record be and my overall record would be 118 and 8 for a win percentage of 0.937. And, and this week, I think I finished the fourth highest point getter. So that's three L's just this week alone. Cause I have the Tua and Tyreek stack, which was a little unfortunate there too, but one eighteen to eight. Um, I was pretty, pretty happy that the one loss again, I was, I was bugging my buddy, big, big fan, long time listener helps us out with our charity league stuff. And in our, in our big charity event every year, Robbie, he's the one who, upset me last year to make me go 13 and one this year again the only team that upset me make me 13 and one so um me and Robbie were joking that maybe it's just some deja vu that maybe I'll go back to back or or meet him in the final and he'll just uh 
and and the streak or what have you so might have to keep you posted on that one because a, a long time friendship might be ending <laughs> in three weeks if that's the case um but we'll, we'll get things going here it, like i said it is um it is the quarterfinals here it's a fun time of year and it's the time of year where some of those players that have been on your bench or on your team that have been you know okay maybe decent or maybe just terrible altogether like Jarek McKinnon last year was a league winner when it came to the playoff stretch but this year we're looking at who could be that league winner maybe somebody that's been okay or good or you know maybe that's been like kind of like up and down that's been good and then injured or what have you but who do we think in this three-week stretch could legitimately win teams um you know the fantasy championships um and Zach we'll, we'll start with you here because I was looking at this and I was like, oh yeah, you know, like it's hard to pick which one it's going to be. But for the most part, like there hasn't been a lot of disappointment from these guys and and there's been some massive spike weeks. So I think this is a, like a really good, excuse me, a really good answer. Yeah, maybe uh, I might've misunderstood the question a little bit on my end here um, because I I think you're, you kind of nailed it there on the intro. Uh, Neither of these guys have been, disappointments uh by any means uh per- perhaps at times slightly inconsistent but for the most part they've both been really good but i think they have a really nice uh rest of the schedule here which i think could lead them to both being uh a league winner and that is the the two starting receivers for the 49ers in Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk uh both of them um, in half point PPR leagues are 13th overall and 14th overall. Uh, Debo is 13th overall and Ayuk is 14th overall. But if you look at their schedule, it's really, really uh, advantageous here. Just battling here with uh, the app. Here we go. Uh, this week, they have the Cardinals. Uh, Next, the week after that, week 16 is Baltimore, and the following week after that is the Commanders. Um, Arizona and the Commanders are both really nice matchups for that team. Uh, both of those passing defenses are quite weak. Uh, Baltimore will be a tougher test, but if you can make it past that Baltimore week and into the finals with either of those receivers, I think you're in a really, really good position. Uh, not to mention both of those guys have been coming off of uh, what looks like top 12 weeks, two out of the past three. Yeah, this is the run where Debo has been on where it's just like you feel like it's never going to end. And I know I'm not the only guy in this bowl, but when you're setting up for your quarterfinal, semifinal matchups, you're looking at the opposition and you know not only who you have, but you look at their team, it's like hey, who's their studs, what's their matchups like. Is it a smash situation where like, okay, I just have to bank the fact that he's going to get 20 points and I just hope some of my guys step up to the plate or is it, oh, okay, he's got some tough matchups like, uh, you know, the, the Dolphins this upcoming week have the New York Jets. Like if you look actually at the Dolphins finishing schedule for playoffs, it sucks. Like it really, really sucks. They got three of the tougher matchups for wide receivers. So not ideal, but we're obviously we're talking about the good situations here, but it just looks at you look at Debo and just what he's done these last two, if not three weeks, I'm trying to remember how far back this like massive stretch he's been on here. But it's just like if you're if you're playing him this week, you are genuinely concerned that he could just pop off for 40, and that's your fantasy season right there. That you're just it's over, like it's legit over. Um, it, it it's eating into CMC even too. Like I know you said Zach, like I'm just gonna keep keep riding CMC, but Ayuk has been getting these 30, 40 yard end arounds, and he's just house calling them where CMC is just not going to score so it's it's been unfortunate so if you have Ayuk keep right or not Ayuk sorry if you well even Ayuk he has been really good at the start of the season there but if you have Debo just keep riding that one in the sunset and if you got CMC or Ayuk you're just really hoping for some touches to, to in your quarterfinal matchups um I put two names the one is Derek Henry just because he's historically smashed against Houston he has Houston twice he has Houston this upcoming week in the quarterfinal as well as Houston in the semifinal, uh, sorry, in the uh, in the league championship. So even though Houston has been better 
and Henry really only gets the ball when they're ahead, not so much when they're behind. Tajay Spears has been eating into that. That's just one where like I'm playing into the narrative that Derrick Henry has historically crushed the Texans. So I feel like that was one where it's just like, oh, we should have seen that one coming. But my actual answer here that I think is is Bijan Robinson. And not to say that Bijan hasn't been great, but he had a really, really slow start to his not only his fantasy fantasy uh input, but also like his NFL career. Now he's starting to catch some fire. He found the end zone again, but his finish to the NFL season or for the sort of the fantasy season is so juicy. This upcoming week, they play the Carolina Panthers, which are the third worst defense against the running backs, giving up 22.6 fantasy points per game. Gonna crush them. Then they play the Indianapolis Colts in the semifinals on Christmas Eve. The Indianapolis Colts are number four in the NFL for fantasy points given up to the running back position and averaging 22.0 points per game. Gonna crush them. And then you go to the finals and they play the Chicago Bears, where the Chicago Bears are a little bit better. They're sitting, I think it's at 10 or 11, but averaging 17.9 fantasy points. And we've seen what some teams that are very run heavy, uh, i.e. like the Lions did a couple weeks back, not so much this past week. We're just going to forgive and forget on that one. But uh, you've seen what some, they've been given up to, uh, the running back position as well. So if you were riding him in the quarterfinal semifinal matchups, he is going to smash against the number three and number four run defense. Um, and then I guess getting into the finals there, he he's already rode you all the way to the show. And, and then against the matchup, that's still a top 10, top 11 matchup, the Chicago Bears. So that's uh, that's the name where like, did he meet expectations as a first round or, or if not early second round or um, draft pick? No, not at all. But at the same time, there's a lot of redemption that can be happening here for Bijan with uh, fantasy managers where if you, if you made playoffs because he struggled so much, but if you made them, congratulations, because you're going to, you're going to really reap the rewards here. I think these upcoming two weeks, especially a team that is so committed to running the football. Um. Insiders on headliners. Let's get, I guess, that one going here. There's some small ones, but we got four, I guess, bigger things that we need to talk about here. So I'll hit the drop and we'll get things going. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. Okay, so Zach already hinted at one, and then I hinted at the other. I think maybe I mean, we might have hinted at all of them, to be honest. But uh, Justin Herbert fractured his finger. I think it's the index finger on his throwing hand. Uh, we were in limbo of, well, what is going to happen? Is he going to need the surgery or not? Uh, it's on the throwing hand, so I think we all presumed that he was going to for sure miss a couple weeks, if not one week for sure, especially being the Thursday night game. But this morning that they announced that he is going to miss the remainder of the season, having to undergo surgery to repair that finger. I mean, the season for the Chargers was over. It was dead in the water. There was no purpose of putting him through injury or trying to push back. Like, their season was over. Uh, this just does really suck for fantasy managers, not only of owners of Herbert, like Zach had mentioned in his one league, but also if you're a manager of Eckler, who's been having his own struggles. He, he had a decent little week this past week, but the weeks prior were... I think he was a dud for our studs and duds for four weeks in a row, it felt like. But also for, you know, managers of um, of Keenan Allen, who has been red hot to start the season, but slowly starting to fizzle a little bit here. Uh, I think they just signed, what's his name there from TCU? Um, trying to remember. I think he went undrafted. Oh, uh, quarterback. Yeah. Duggan. Yeah, thank you. Max they signed Duggan. him to the practice squad. I think I got to go back into that signing a bit. They have Easton Stick, which is like one of the coolest names I've ever heard in my entire life. I think he got drafted, like was one of the sixth round, maybe seventh round. Uh, was it last year, two years ago? Uh, got into his first or his second appearance this, this past one. He had one short little stint uh, the week prior. Um, obviously <laughs> we don't know what to expect, which makes things really, really sketchy going into your quarterfinal matchups. But those are like the big names that got you there. So unless like you have just a massive depth at wide receiver, I just can't see you sitting uh, a wide receiver like Keenan Allen or, or running back like Austin Eckler, which is super unfortunate, especially when the money's on the line in, in your one matchup. But, um, that's just where we're at here, I guess, with the chargers with a disappointing season, um, 
speaking of disappointing seasons, Justin Jefferson, like this, this one sucks because his return was so prolonged that most teams that were like waiting and holding on for dear life were either missed the playoffs or like, Hey, perfect. He's in time. I need to win this week to get into playoffs. He had two receptions for I think 30 yards on the second reception got smoked kind of looked like, you know, one of those kidney shots and right away, like wincing, grabbing his back and in, in an immense amount of pain, um, turns out it was a chest injury, but I'm guessing that is to do with like a chest slash ribs with getting it in the back and um, what have you left the game, went to the hospital. I haven't heard a whole bunch yet. I know it's saying that he's like questionable, I guess, obviously for, for this upcoming week in the quarterfinal matches, but what a devastating season, not only for Justin Jefferson, for the Vikings who are still somehow in a playoff spot. I, I don't know how that happened. Uh, they're still sitting in there, but, uh, it's it was a lost season for Justin Jefferson owners and unfortunately most likely didn't make playoffs and now you're sitting in a position where this you're left with the memories of the first couple of weeks of Justin Jefferson uh Josh Jacobs got an ankle injury questionable for the Thursday night or this upcoming week uh well, that's in two nights here so that one you're gonna have to monitor very closely uh in that Thursday night matchup against um against Chargers especially it sucks because they just got zero points the follow the week before so uh, not a lot of confidence there and then we mentioned the Tyreek one too so that's going to be he came back um, midway through the second half and then exited again so that's one that's going to be a monitor he uh, the quote was I don't did you see the quote Zach was like the ankles and so much pain he texted his wife or fiance or girlfriend whatever whatever her title is I guess and he's like I'm in so much pain and hurt so much and she's like you better get your ass back on the field like get back out there so he went back in the second half and it didn't it didn't last that long but I had a good chuck when I saw that one no that would be uh that's news to me I saw it on, I think it was Twitter or maybe it was Instagram or something like that. It's just before we started recording and I was like, this can't be real. And it was like everywhere. So yeah, I had a good little chuckle on that one, but that, I think out of all this news, like there's, I mean, depending on who you own, I guess you could say is like the worst news, but this one, I feel like the Tyreek one sucks because he's going to play. Like I would be shocked if he doesn't play, but as a fantasy manager, how do you not put him in your starting lineup? Because he's a guy that could get 40 points done 40 flat. No, no worries, but you're playing the jets. So like you're going to get, you're going to get the creme de la creme coverage. Like you're getting sauce Gardner on you. Jets really good defense. Offense is struggling a bit. Tyreek hurt. Like it just seems there's so much stacked again. You're almost better off. if He doesn't play. And then you don't get burned where he's hurt and gets you two points. And then that's that. Like, I don't, to me, that's the toughest one going into this. Like, because without, without Herbert, you can, you, you kind of know what to expect with that offense, I would say. And on Thursday nighter against, you know, a, a, a decent defense, I should say, but like, you're going to have a set of coconuts to sit Tyree killing your quarterfinal matchups. If he's, if he's activated in place. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's certainly a tough one. Um, and I think that also you can extrapolate that, uh, into, to, into Tua as well. We, uh, we've seen Tua for most of the season be, uh, at times, you know, an MVP candidate. Uh, but, uh, on Sunday without, or yet rather yesterday without, uh, without Tyreek, uh, Tua certainly did not seem to be himself. And he he really struggled. So that's another player that could be indirectly impacted. And we'll talk a little bit more about that matchup after we get to the starts and sits. I got a little bit of a comment in there. I'll foreshadow too, but it's not not what you want. Like he's legitimately, if there was an, and I know it's always a quarterback that wins, always is, but like he has to be one of the front runners to be considered the MVP this season. Like he is on pace to break the the yardage record. Now being hurt, I, I don't know if that happens or not, but you see like his necessity to the success of that offense. Another name would be Christian McCaffrey, but maybe that's just because of like the fantasy hats. Like I know he is super important to that offense, but so is Debo, so is Ayuk. Like there's so many aspects that go into that offense. But like the single, the single most important nature to that Miami offense is speed, and that's what Tyreek does, and it opens up everything else. Like you said, you saw what happened here Monday, where it was just a 
total collapse of that offense. And you're going to re- have to rely on HN and, and uh, Moster to try and spread the offense, but they're just going to come downhill and, and read run, I guess, and try and load the box. And that's going to make things more difficult too. So I don't know. Like, I know it's a historically a quarterback award, but it'd be nice to see somebody like Tyreek or somebody like CMC be able to take, take that and not just us fantasy managers saying, Hey, they're so important to my team, but they're also important to the other NFL team too. But um, we'll go to studs and duds here. Um, I know we kind of been talking about this player, what seems like for most of this uh, episode so far. So might as well just keep going, keep you going, Zach. We've been pumping his tires for about 20 minutes. You might as well just keep going. Yeah, you bet. Uh, my stud for the week was, uh, I believe either wide receiver number one or number two on the week. Uh, that is Debo Samuel. He finished with 30 and a half, uh, fantasy points and his usage was really, really interesting. Um, his receiving stat line was, uh, seven receptions on nine targets for 149 yards and one receiving touchdown, which by itself face value is a fantastic, uh, day for any receiver, but then he had a nice little cherry on top where he had, uh, one rushing attempt for one yard and one touchdown. Which he was number got, yeah. one wide receiver on the week, but he was the number two fantasy player on the week behind Lamar Jackson. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's even better. Yeah, he 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 is the stud of the week. Like in all in all aspects, like Evan Ingram would be the close at twenty seven behind him for tight end. Obviously, that's really nice for fantasy. That's awesome. But yeah, there's there wasn't a lot of uh, skilled position players getting as close to uh, Debo had done this week, but um. Armin's back. Hey, Armin's ready to rock and roll here um, <laughs> hey. for for episode. We mentioned that Armin's just going to be jumping in a little bit late on this episode, and he's ready to rock and roll. But uh, I'll do my stud while we get him some time to settle in here and get ready to rock. But uh, my stud wasn't, you know, the superstar that uh, that uh, that Zach had in here. Debo had a huge week. Um, but for this guy, for this, the position he's in, uh, I put him because he was really good this week. And if they keep rolling – with Joe Flacco, I think the David Njoku is just to the moon here. I think this is like a sneaky guy we could have put in there for the league winner because now with Flacco, we've seen really good weeks from David Njoku. He had eight targets, which is awesome for a tight end, uh, and six receptions, 91 yards, and two touchdowns. So, I mean, David Njoku finished as the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh player in all of fantasy in week in week 14. And the tight end number two behind Evan Ingram, just a handful of points. Like he finished in front of DJ Moore, who had a great week. He finished in front of Zeke Elliott, Brees Hall, James Cook, Marie Mostert. He finished in front of all these guys, and that's a tight end. Uh, so we want to talk about a league winner. That that very well could be the guy. Like he could be the guy we're sitting here talking about fantasy awards in, in what four weeks, five weeks, and being like, yeah, we should. We could have called this one at week fourteen after the little stretch he's on, and, and Joe Flacco peppering with targets, but. Um, yeah, David Njoku is a guy that and might be a little bit of, uh, you know, me me tooting the horn or, you know, just the fact that I have him on my team that I'm super excited about it and, and his production. But I'm looking forward to see what he's capable of doing here down the stretch. So given Armin enough time, I think he's ready to rock and roll here. We might as well get right into his uh, his stud. All right. My stud of the week is Drake London. Unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to watch that game, but by golly, finally uh... – Drake London has a big game in that Atlanta, uh, at least one of the Atlanta top end receiving options has a big game. He goes 10 catches for 172 scoreless yards. So that makes it even more impressive that he put up 25.2 half point PPR points without a touchdown even. Um, So kudos to Drake London for finally uh, getting his due here in that uh, Atlanta offense. I think he got a two two point conversion. I think so. I mean, as close to a touchdown as a guy can get without getting a <laughs> touchdown. But 172 receiving yards. Yeah, that is a massive week. And unfortunately, I lost them to Tampa Bay. But yeah, that was, a, that was a fun game. Not that I watched the whole thing, but I got to see quite a significant amount of it off of a red zone. It was that was a fun one. Um, Zach, you want to bring us into the not so great players, the the duds of Week 14? Yeah. Uh, these are two guys that uh, I think for a lot of us to this point have really helped us 
get to uh, the fantasy playoffs and and for them to kind of put up the points that they did this weekend was uh, a little disheartening, but I guess overall probably not overly too surprising considering that they're both uh, rookie tight ends. Uh, and I picked Sam Laporta, who had 3.7 fantasy points, and Dalton Kincaid, who had 4.6 fantasy points. Um, I wasn't able to watch the Lions game, so I don't know the story there. Yeah, you didn't on miss Laporta. much. Buff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for Kincaid, it seemed like with ah, uh, jeez. Oh, Dawson Knox. The Dawson Knox, thank you. Back in the lineup that they were uh maybe inadvertently or or maybe intentionally phasing Kincaid out and and uh focusing more on on Knox. And I think that uh I hope that doesn't last for too long in Buffalo because Kincaid was having a really nice uh rookie season. And from what I've seen, he looks like a much better uh receiving option than uh Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox just soaks up so many. I don't know what the connection is between him and Josh Allen, but he soaks up so many red zone targets. But King Kincaid, like King 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 Kincaid, like how many more Kings could I add to that name there? Um, <laughs> he, he just seems like, like you said, Zach, he is so athletic and he just seems like such a superior tight end talent, but maybe it's been the lack of experience. I don't know. But yeah, Dawson Knox is just like prop bet guaranteed Dawson Knox gets a touchdown this upcoming week like that. I'm just going <laughs> to slam that one in there. I'm just going to throw that little tidbit out, but like, it's just, it's inevitable and it's frustrating if you're the King Kate owner, because you had a nice stretch there when, when Knox was open. Um, I'm just going to jump in because Zach already mentioned the, the lions. Yeah. Like you said, you didn't watch the game. And even if you did watch the game, you didn't watch football. That's for sure. Cause the Lions stunk. Uh, it's their last game playing outdoors. And I think, well, I would say their last easy opponent for the remainder of the season. We got four weeks left of the NFL season and then the playoffs. So one of the worst teams in football doesn't get much easier than that. And, and they laid an egg. And unfortunately, Jared Goff had a really tough week, uh, which means that most of the receiving options are going to have a tough week. Monterey Brown had nine targets. Nine targets, only three receptions, 21 yards. Oh, wow. Hit. 3.6 and I'm on St. Brown. Like if there was an award for Mr. Consistency, I think he's like, that's him. He, he, he just gets 10 points guaranteed no matter what. Um, I had to have to go back and look at some of the, you know, stats, but I think 3.6 might be his worst production since, well, probably early rookie season. I, and I can't like guarantee that I have to look back, but just from, you know, my knowledge of the lions, I think that would be pretty darn close or, you know, maybe even, when they got shut out by the uh, the Patriots last year, um, maybe would have been close to. But even then, I still think he got you know some serious yardage in that one too. But yeah, it was a tough week for Amonra, uh, really tough week for the Lions. And let's just bounce back here. <laughs> let's bounce back going into the quarterfinals. That's all I got to say. So, um, Armin, your I just had a good chuckle in my head here because I didn't want to give this away. But your dad that you got here is like the dud of the week. And I have a comment after this and, and maybe I'm hot takeish, or maybe I'm like on the other side of this, but after you're done talking, I got a comment and I'm going to, I'll let you go first though. Okay. Do you want the first name that I listed there? Or the yeah, second, the first name, very much okay. the first name. <laughs> okay. Non-fantasy Kadarius, Tony dud of the week. Now, um, I, I kind of don't fully blame him for that offside, but yet he, he was offside, but there's the, the Dan Orleski take. And I, I agreed with him. The refs aren't consistent. If you look back at every single Tony play, he's offside every single time, exact same amount that he's offside in that, that last play. And uh, they never call him, never warn him or anything. Um, and then they decide to call it at the end of the game. It's a little bit, uh, um, you gotta kind of, as a ref, make sure you're consistent. That's, one of the biggest things about refing Jordan, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So here's my take and maybe it is hot takey because I'm on the opposite of you. Patrick Mahomes needs to suck it up. <laughs> like he needs to suck it up. Okay. Two weeks ago, the PI against green Bay. Yeah. You can be as livid as you want because like that's blatant. That's blatant. And there's, yeah. and there's gray in PI calls, you know, whether it's like a hand battle or, timing issues what have you but like that's that was blatant 
freak out about that one. You have every right. Yeah, I think that's a penalty. We got screwed over. Sure, whatever, what have you. That's your right. Do what you want. You don't have a leg to stand on this one. Like he, th- that call is black and white. There is no gray. Were you over the line of scrimmage or not? He was clearly over the line of scrimmage, like a foot. He was like a foot over the line of scrimmage. <laughs> that's that's black and white. Yes, throw the flag. And if if they didn't score a touchdown, we're not talking about oh no, Kadarius Tony, like blah 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 blah. Like if they got a five yard call and it got called back, they're saying okay, what's well, penalty? Let's keep moving. But it's because they scored a touchdown, we're going back. And he's saying like it was like he the most phantom call you could have ever called. No, it's a black and white call. Like I, a backside hold and you throw the flag and it had no implication on the call. Okay, then sure, then be mad that you know they're ruining the game. There's there's no like how can you be mad at the officials there? How could you be mad at there? You want to be mad at somebody? Look at the idiot who's been ruining your season since he had drops against the Detroit Lions. That's one hundred percent his fault. There's nobody yeah, like else's Kadari- fault. Kadarius Tony shouldn't be on the field anymore. Like like first thing we teach wide receivers is like check in with the official every single play. You know, make sure you're yeah. onside. Check in with the official. Offsides as a receiver is like the worst thing you can do. Like Mahomes, absolutely awful. His but, his com his comment was like, yeah, like you never see those calls. This is the NFL. You never see those calls. Like, how could the refs call that? And that's like, you never see those calls. You want to know why you don't see those calls? Because you're a paid <laughs> professional. You're a paid professional who's taught in grade six to check in with the the line judge to make sure you're on side and you stand behind the line of scrimmage when you're 13 years old you're a paid professional that's why you don't see those flags not because the refs are out to get you to screw you it's because you should know better you're a paid professional you're a professional wide receiver like yeah that's so totally true yeah, yeah like he is a professional wide receiver like i said first thing we teach wide receivers check in and yeah. you hammer it into them like i during our practices i'm standing on the sideline and i'm yelling at the guy if they don't check in like, but all the all the Chiefs fans and Mahomes that are like, oh, the refs screwed us. It's like, no, no, the refs did not. Okay, two weeks ago, sure. If you want to go say that one, sure, like that, sure, whatever. That the refs did not screw you on that play. Like that for me, like apparently I'm on the opposite side because everybody I talk to, it's like, oh no, you can't throw that flag in the situation. It's like we're not talking about a backside hold here. We're talking about a guy standing over a foot over the line of scrimmage. Like, yes, you have to throw that flag. You have to. It's so, it's the rules. So it's suck. What, yes, it's the rules though. Yeah, but you got to be consistent as a ref, right? They should have thrown that flag the first time he did it, or the second, or the th- like. Once they noticed, and maybe they didn't notice till the last play of the game, which is pretty crappy time to finally notice that a guy's lining up offside when he's been doing it all game. But he should have been called for it earlier in the game because he had been yeah. doing it. I I could agree with that. But in that play where they're like that ruined our season, that ruined our game, that ruined whatever, <laughs> like. Oh man, it's just, it's so absurd. And I know we're like dragging this on, but like, I have to, I had to say something like that's just, it's okay. of all the penalties that you want to argue, like you want to argue a guy jumped offside. Okay. Maybe the guy, you know what I mean? Like he flinched or there's, there's some gray area to some of these rules. Like that's the most black and white rule that's in the rule book next to having 12 men on the field. And even still, I still think this is more black and white. Like, did the guy have a late change? Did like they blow the plane early? Like I, there's still probably more great to 12 men on the field than there is standing over the line of scrimmage. It's, yeah. oh, it's, yeah, infuriating. <laughs> so I, I can understand where the Chiefs are frustrated because, like, you lost the game on that play. You did. Obviously, there's plays before where, like, you could have scored more and you could have done things more polished to score and win prior. So you didn't lose the game on that play. That was just a nail in the coffin. And you're trying to blame somebody where it's like, that player well, is number 19 on your roster. That's who you yeah. need to point your fingers at. Yeah, and I'll 100% agree with that. Like, Kadarius Tony is the reason you lost the game. He's the reason you've lost a few games. Get him out of there. Stop, stop giving him snaps every game. He maybe gave you guys a huge play that helped you win the Super Bowl. That was last year. He's been nothing but hurting your team all season long. Super Bowl champ last year, dead of the week this year. Yeah, <laughs> several duds of the week, I think. My true fantasy dud of the week, though, is DeAndre Swift. If we're going getting back on track here, <laughs> 3.9 fantasy points, 11 carries for 39 yards. That's looking bad. I am sure glad that I traded him when I did in the staff league. Um, hopefully, it doesn't bite me in the butt in the playoffs here, but 
Um, Swift has been on a bit of a cold streak along with the entire Philadelphia Eagles, I guess, but Swift has taken the brunt of it fantasy wise. Yeah, they're the Eagles have been struggling. Speaking of duds of the week, how about let's just talk about the Patriots, Zach? Like, <laughs> do you not tell them they wanted to lose? Like, what what were they what were they trying to figure out here? Like that that's the head scratcher for me. I had a pretty, pretty tough Thursday evening into Friday morning. And oh, I was even Friday afternoon. Well, wasn't a very happy guy. Uh, luckily, though, the football gods smiled down on us and we didn't lose any draft position. We're still in second place. Uh, <laughs> that pipe dream for the first overall pick is dead. if only we sucked so bad as the Carolina Panthers. We yeah. don't. So now you guys suck. The, the Patriots suck so bad. Even when you're trying to lose, they win. Like you just can't even get that right. You can't even lose right. And yeah, we were we were on the coach and I was cussing at the TV like you do. And my wife was like, like, what's going on? Like they scored. Like, you like Hunter Henry. That's the second cut of the game. Like, you don't get it. You don't <laughs> we suck at sucking, okay? That's yeah. why I'm mad. Yeah, we tank and we can't tank very well. I was like, who was it? Was it last year, two years ago? When I think it was Houston when they won week 18 and it made them lose the first overall pick. Yeah, that that was last season. Was that last year? Yeah, Lovey Smith got canned like the morning after. And then <laughs> they went and rallied around him and said, "Dunk suck on this." <laughs> like, oh, so good. That's that's the that's the Patriots right now. They're just trying to roll Bill out because then I just saw a rumor on Sleeper. They're like, "Yeah, Bill's out next year." So I'm curious on what's going to happen there. But anyhow, we'll get back on the back on track here. We got. Everybody back on bye week now? Yeah, Arizona and Washington are off the bye week. Week 14, that just seems like too late. Like, what was it, week like nine or something? We had nobody. And then obviously in the, the Thanksgiving set, we had nobody. So it just seems like week 14 is way too late to have buys, especially when you have whatever, six teams on week 13 or 18 or whatever the hell we had. But anyway, Arizona and Washington, though. Yeah, it's, I mean, shy of like you waited for Kyler forever and then he stinks and now he's – back playing off the buy i don't know but um everybody's back no more buys good times everybody's ready to rock and roll shy of injuries um week 14 in the books we got our starts and sits for week number 15 quarterfinal matchups here uh so we need to try and hit these ones out of the ballpark here get everybody off to a good start um in your quarterfinals hopefully win your matchups and then we'll reconvene here for a, a semi-final session but uh we'll start things off here with uh with zach um this guy has been a revelation not one it's not necessarily for their offense but for <laughs> fantasy um just you know start slow peak slow peaks and we talked about a mid-season as like a guy to watch out for down the stretch and and here we are talking about him being placed into your quarterfinal matchup absolutely uh reishi rice uh probably if you're playing redraft, probably a freebie off the waiver wire uh, for most of you. Uh, he's going against the New England Patriots this weekend. Uh, the Pats have a, a very stout defense, but they uh, they have been known to give up some big games through the air, uh, currently ranking, uh, ranking in the middle of the pack uh, as far as passing yards per game. And Rice is he's he's interesting in this matchup because I I certainly foresee the Patriots trying to take away what the Chiefs do best, take away Travis Kelsey. And outside of Kelsey, that passing game's been uh pretty sporadic and pretty inconsistent game to game, uh, in terms of who gets the targets. Uh, but it's starting to look like Rishi Rice might be taking over the mantle as maybe wide receiver number one. Uh, week 14, so this past week, uh, 10 targets finished as wide receiver 12. The week before that, nine targets finished as wide receiver 26, just outside of that top two uh, wide receiver ranking. And the week before that, 10 targets. And he finished as the wide receiver four on the season, or on the week, pardon me. So uh, all very strong finishes for a rookie wide receiver. Um, it is conceivable that he is uh, kind of catching fire right at that 
uh, special time of the season right before playoffs. And if he's able to make it through this week, uh, there's a chance that he could also belong in that league winner conversation with the Raiders and the Bengals uh, in semis and in the finals. So uh, Rishi Rice is a name to keep an eye on this weekend, but also going forward through the playoffs. This is going to sound weird to throw into the mix here, this part two, Zach, but like the, the Chiefs are a team that needs to win ball games right now. Like yeah, for the first for the first time, Patrick Mahomes' career, he might have to go on the road at some point in the playoffs. I think they've been the number one, or if they haven't been the number one, the team that was ahead of them was the number one were upset. So they reclaimed the number one spot in the AFC. So I don't think he's been on a road game in the AFC in his entire playoff career. I think that was a stat that was shared on Sunday. I'd have to vet that, but it was something re- kind of ridiculous like that. Yeah, that right. sounds about right. And like, right now they are three or four they're the third they're the third seed uh they're tied with jacksonville um so they could be the four seed here pretty easily um and knocking on the door like out of nowhere is is denver uh do i see denver catching them probably not uh, they both play the Pats, so hopefully both of them will pick up a win here in the next two weeks. <laughs> and they're going to lose to the Lions this week. So knock on wood, maybe not. <laughs> if they play like they did on Sunday, who knows? But yeah, Denver, Denver coming in hot. Like that, they need to put up points. Like that's the thing. Like they, this is in a situation down the stretch. I remember like years and years in the, like whatever last two, three, four, or five. I don't know how many years of fantasy been playing, but where it's like, oh. Maybe Kansas City starts sitting their studs right when they're middle of fantasy season because they're so far ahead and first they want to get healthy. And we're sitting here like, oh, like is Travis Kelsey going to get benched at halftime? Oh, is Tyreek only going to play half a game? Like this sucks. No, this is a Kansas City team that needs to put up points. They need to win ball games, And they're going to be going hard to the to the bitter end here to try and not only get second, well, secure their third, get a second or get their first, gets in the first position. So like, this is a team that's going to be airing the ball like crazy and trying to put up points. So I, I think that's a nice little cherry on top to that, to that offense because their offense stinks. Like their offense has been terrible this last handful of weeks. So it'd be nice for them to get some momentum, get a little bit of consistency going into that playoffs. And, and maybe that does revolve around Rishi Rice down, down the stretch. Um, My start of the week is a little bit of fun one. So I got Rashad White and like unless you have Rashad White, I think you're oblivious to like the very good fantasy season he has been putting together right now. Like I'm going to ask you guys a couple questions and I'm curious to see if you guys are even remotely close to the answer because like not many people are. Like right now if you had to guess based on RB like top whatever number 26, number 2, number 14 whatever where do you think Rashad White is right now in the RB landscape of the fantasy season? Armour, where do you think he is? Well, I own him in two leagues, Jordan. Yeah, so you, there you go. So you're with me on this one. But Zach, where do you think Rashad White is right now? I bet he is like, wow, 16. He, he's RB5. Oh, good Lord. Like, that's what yeah, I mean. He's going to go like, RB8. Unless, unless you have him, he's been like – sneaky good and i was like oh man i think he'd be a good little star I was looking i was like rb5 like i was like i know he's having a good year but rb5 like he he currently right now has only seven touchdowns and i know to say that like only like but as an rb that's a top five rb to only have seven touchdowns and be rb5 that is absurd like joe mixon's behind him and he has eight kyron williams is behind him and has 10 and kamara has five and then robinson seven and so on and so forth but guys that are in front of him like McCaffrey has 17 touchdowns. That's absurd. Mostert has 18 touchdowns. That's absurd. ETN has nine. Henry has 10. And then there's White at seven. And there isn't that big of a gap. Like there's three point gap between White and Henry. Then there's about a 20 point gap between ETN and Rashad White. And then about a hundred point gap between McCaffrey and Rashad White. But McCaffrey has 17 touchdowns and 1,200 rushing yards. (laughs) Not to mention the 437 receiving yards. But Rashad White has been getting it done. 201 attempts, 745 yards with five touchdowns, and then 48 receptions for 53 uh, on 53 targets, 419 yards, and two tutties through the air. This is a guy that's been sneaky, sneaky good, like sneaky good. Zach thought he was RB 16 on the season. Like 
not to like point fingers at Zach, but like that's where everybody's at. Nobody believes that Rashad White has been really good. I think it's maybe because Tampa Bay hasn't been all that good, but Rashad White could be considered a league winner. Like I know their stretch isn't great, but this week is a smash, smash, smash play for Rashad White. They, um, they're getting ready this upcoming week to go and play the Green Bay Packers, which are one of the worst teams uh, against the running back in the NFL. They are like, if you, if you watch this last game, what they did against Saquon, Saquon had a really good game and Saquon hasn't had a good game all year. I think before the Monday nighter, Saquon had one touchdown on the season, one, and he got two last night against the Packers. Averaging 18.9 fantasy points against the running back position. And it's just each week, it seems like it's getting worse and worse and worse for Green Bay against the run. They're very good against the the pass, but against the run, they've they've struggled uh, immensely. So Rashad White, sneaky, sneaky play. And I think he is going to have a monstrous week this week against the, against the Packers. So I think this is a great start and hopefully is a guy that will for sure get you over that hump going into your... Uh, semifinal matchups armand your start of the week all right my start of the week i went kind of similar to zach i went to a rookie wide receiver this one for a qb that's actually been performing this year compared to one that hasn't been and that is zay flowers of baltimore um he's been uh starting to look better and better every week and the last two fantasy weeks he's had, he's put over 20 points um, on the board for fantasy. And he's looking good. And he's got a good matchup against Jacksonville, who's been a little bit weaker through the air the last little bit here. Um, and Zay Flowers just continues to to pick up that uh, connection with Lamar Jackson more and more. And um, he, he could potentially be a league winner even as we, we continue to talk about them throughout the uh, the rest of the episode here, because after Jacksonville, he's got San Fran, who, because of their the way their offense works, they're always putting teams on the passing attack, so um, they're a little bit weaker against the pass, and then Miami, who's also weaker against the pass, because most teams are passing against them as well, so um, I think you got a good road in the playoffs for Zay Flowers there as he's got some good matchups fantasy-wise for himself. Well, I think, too, like if you get to the finals, let me just pull this up here. I just got to find it. Maybe I'm incorrect. I thought the week 17 Monday night. Oh, no, I'm incorrect. Oh, there is no Monday nighter in 17. For some reason, I thought the Monday nighter. Oh, it's this week. Oh man, I ha- for some reason I had in my head that the um it was it's a semifinals. I, I thought I had in my head that the the finals was a Monday nighter between the Ravens and 49ers. It's like, oh man, that's gonna be rowdy. Like a lot <laughs> of fantasy championships are gonna be won or lost on that Monday nighter because so many Baltimore players and so many 49er players, but that's the semifinals. So I was like, that's gonna be that'll still be fun though for a lot of semifinal people there on on Christmas night, like Christmas Day, like evening. That'll be a that'll be a fun one, but I forgot that there's just those New Year's New Year's Eve games, not on the Jan first of uh, Week 17. But yeah, it's he's a guy that's been man, especially since the absence of Andrews, he's he stepped up to the plate big time, and and likely hasn't been bad. Like likely was good. I think he's got 80 yards and a touchdown last week, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So just that whole offense is is clicking, which is you know they're not just target monopoly to to Andrews. It's getting spread around a little bit too. So. Uh, a guy that should be for sure in your in your lineups here down the stretch. We'll go sit. Uh, we'll start with Zach, and then we'll go Armand and me because mine and Armand kind of are are a pseudo. Uh, they go together, <laughs> so we'll go with Zach and then and then Armand myself, and we'll we'll wrap up our quarterfinal episode one oh eight. This sit has a lot to do uh, with the health status of of multiple players on the offense. Uh, I would be contemplating uh, sitting C.J. Stroud uh, if he is not inactive due to injury himself. Um, Stroud against Tennessee uh, is conceivably going in there without his top two wide receivers, uh, Nico Collins, who was hurt on Sunday, and Tank Dell, who was hurt last weekend. 
Um, Stroud has been somebody that if you waited on a quarterback, uh, you have been very successful with Stroud. He's likely gotten you pretty far in your season for somebody that you picked up quite late in your redraft. Um, but at this point in time, I think it is a riskier start considering uh, he's banged up himself uh, and his two top wide receivers are both uh, not going to play. Uh, of course, if Stroud isn't dressed, then you do need to sit him and start somebody else. Yeah, tough, tough sliding. We we saw what happens past week and nothing against he just Stroud is just We've seen what happened to even even really, really good quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes. We don't have passing options. It is very difficult to move the ball. And and a quarter rookie quarterback that has made very good connections with two very good wide receivers. When you lose those two, you're you're sitting there behind the eight ball trying to get the ball moving on a team that's been historically a not great offense. So it's it's tough sliding for for CJ Stroud. And I think he's even a little bit nicked up too. Like he missed a handful of snaps in that game too with or was he just getting maybe checked out for a concussion? Maybe I, I can't remember. Did you either of you guys watch that game at all? I just know he missed some some snaps. But I wasn't sure what the status of that one was. I think it was he was getting looked at for concussion. I'm oh, not so, too sure. So should and be good add, to go then. Add more to the receiving options there. Like Dalton Schultz, his tight end, is was out last week. And who knows if he'll be back this week either yet. Um, Not looking good yet, but... So there, there's another receiving option that's down for him. Like his whole receiving core is gone. So not a, not a guy, especially if you're in a single quarterback league. There's other options in a super flex. You, sometimes your back's against the wall. It's it's tough sliding when you're in that situation. But if you're a single quarterback league, there's got to be some options where, like, are you going CJ Stroud without any options, or are you going Will Levis in that exact same matchup for Tennessee? Like he looked actually pretty good this last week against. Uh, <laughs> Uh, against Miami so that's that's a you know situation where do I go with a guy that can run the ball a little bit too and and have some receiving options that have you know been good Hopkins had a really really good week this Monday night or do you go with a guy that's been good all year and but has no options like those are those are tough decisions for fantasy managers as you enter this quarterfinal matchup speaking of tough quarterback decisions uh Armand this this one's a gutsy one because this guy is a top five. He might even be top three in passing yards so far. But um, I, I'm not saying that I disagree with you because there's a lot of reasons why you should be sitting this guy. But it, once again, I've, I think I've said it a few times on the pod today. It's going to take a pair of coconuts to do this one. But I think, uh, or sorry, he's number one. Check that. He is number one on passing yards through week 14 <laughs> with uh, with. 3,697 passing yards, but this, this is a gutsy call. And, and for those of you listening at home, and I know I said it gutsy call last year, Armin had, I think three of the gutsiest sit calls through all the playoffs last year. And like, they all hit like sitting Saquon sitting Zeke. I think you had somebody else that you said sit. I would have to go back and check the tape, but Armin is historically really good at these gutsy calls in these tough positions where some of us don't have the the juice to do it, but let's let's hear this one, Armin. All right, I'm saying to to sit Tua this week against the New York Jets. Um, we know that New York has a great secondary, a fantastic secondary. I think I talked about it on the pod a few weeks ago about how like um was it Denver was playing them or someone was playing them and I was like man like why are they even throwing the ball like you have a good running game just run the ball and just like keep it on the ground because it's not like the Jets are going to be able to put a bunch of points on up on you and you do not want to give the oh what it was actually when uh, Miami was playing them last time (laughs) uh was when I said this and I was like yeah Miami has a great running attack don't put the ball in the air. And then the Jets made play after play on the ball in the air. And Tua ended up coming away from that game with only 6.82 fantasy points. So I'm looking at it again. And Tua's in it even tougher this time because he could potentially doesn't have Tyreek Hill. If he does have him, he's injured. And um, you know what? Like it's it's the Jets secondary. They're flying around. They're getting more confidence because they just had a big win as well this week. Um, I would say, like, Miami, you got to run the ball on this Jets team and 
Um, otherwise, Tua is going to be in for a long day. And either way, if he's in for a long day passing the ball in that Jets secondary and getting picked off and stuff, that's not good for fantasy. And if they're running the ball, that's not good for fantasy. So it's just <laughs> uh, not not a good uh, matchup this week for Tua. That's That's what I have for my two cents. I was looking at, uh, so I'm jumping with Armin. I'm I'm sitting a Miami player too, but I was looking at my one, like the dynasty league. And I was so happy that I have, um, that I have the buy this week. Cause I was like, who the hell do I start a quarterback this week? Cause my, one of my main starters has been Tua. Like he's one of my go-tos, but I had two of this week against the, the jets. And then let, let me pull it up here. Cause it's like painful. So I had two against the jets. And then I have, uh, hold on, I got to find week 15. There we go. And then I have um, Trevor Lawrence against the Ravens, which is not a great option. And then I have Jared Goff versus the Broncos, which is also not great. And then I have Kyler Murray versus the 49ers. So it was just like, oh my God, who did I start a quarterback? But thank God I have the buy and I'll have to figure that one out. But my my sit <laughs> of the week is Jalen Waddle. Um, I talked about it at the top of the episode for many of the same reasons that Armin's talking about. Like if Tyreek misses time, for sure he's getting Sauce Gardner. And even if Tyreek is banged up, this is still a situation where it is going to be tough sledding, like Armin said, against this New York secondary. Um, Jalen Waddle's been the guy that's been up and down for the most part of the season anyways and very much been in the shadow of Tyreek Hill. So there's just so much stacked against him. I know you probably burnt a third, maybe fourth round pick for for waddle in in the redraft i just i just don't see it like there i could be sitting here and waddle could go off and there's no chance i'm saying oh i could have seen that coming i could have seen that coming it's just like it's against the odds for him to go and smash where you could go and pick guys up like uh like you know like Jaden reed who's been really really good lately um you know like armin talked about um his start of the week here there's just so many options that I think you could go and you can see the path forward for success or just, you know, they've been hot and you want to put the ball in the hot hand where it just, this is, this is just not it for me in, in a quarterfinal matchup, unless you just, you're a 16 team league and you just got to ride with the guys you got. And that just sucks. And, and it is what it is, but uh, this would be a matchup that I'm very much trying to avoid because like Armin said, it's a tough situation and just literally go back with three weeks ago, you've already seen what could happen. And that one, Tyreek wasn't even banged up. So I'd be I'd be avoiding that at all costs. But anything to add here, fellas, before we wrap this one up? I know this is a an exciting time. I was throwing out the idea too. I don't know, Zach, I know it might be tough for you to do this one. Um, yeah, even though it is on Christmas break, so maybe we could swing it. I don't know. Um, we did it last year. Week 17, Monday nighter for the championship. I can't remember if we did the Sunday night or Monday night or camera what it was, Armin. We went down to BPs and, and the podcast bought a couple, a couple rounds of, of fun pops there and uh, and some appetizers at BPs, and then unfortunately it was the Demar Hamlin thing, so we just sat there staring at each other in a TV for an hour <laughs> with no football. But might be able to throw something like that out there. I know I'll mention on the pod. Might be able to throw it on some social media or you know our charity group that or something like that and say hey. Thanks for a good fantasy season. Let's go cheer for some championships. So I know it's on our Christmas break. I know maybe not everybody obviously has the break that, that we do, but something worth mentioning. I'll throw that one out there. But anything else you guys want to want to mention before we wrap up episode 108? Hey, good luck, everybody, in your uh, playoff matchups. I'm super excited for mine. Um, I am lucky enough to have made the playoffs in every single league that I'm in except for one dynasty league which i wasn't expecting too much to make the playoffs even though i was trying to make trades to take jordan down nobody bit uh bit it there for me and uh i didn't make any trades so I hey you almost got him on or st brown though almost oh i was so <laughs> mad about that one i was trying to talk to him for weeks almost a full month and he never really said anything and then suddenly jordan gets him on or from him. Yeah, did you dirty um yeah. zach i don't know go win your quarterfinal matchup so we have something to talk about for our semifinals next week <laughs> repeat of the championship noted i'll do my best yeah i'll be cheering for you don't worry thanks <laughs> <laughs> anyhow uh might as well wrap this one up here good luck everybody in your 
quarterfinal matchups. It's like I said, this is the fun time of year. I know we play fantasy for something to talk about at the water cooler or, you know, you enjoy the NFL season a little bit more or whatever, but the whole point of fantasy is to win money. It's to win, it's to win the quarterfinals, win the semifinals and go win your championships. And we're, we're prepared for that run. So thanks for listening to episode 108 on behalf of Armin, Zach and myself. Thank you for listening to 306 fantasy football podcast. Good luck your quarterfinals. And we'll see you next week for episode 109, as well as your semifinal prep and I guess a little bit of Christmas talk too. So we'll see you then, everybody. Take care. Talk soon.